Yeah, but at three o'clock in the morning, it makes so much sense. Right. Well, sure, man. And I, the, I, so it's so funny uh, that you're talking like this because, like, I'm like this when I when I am researching a piece of equipment to execute ministry things, especially yeah. not just ministry though. Um, it it'll seem like I'm moving super fast because what I do is like I, I just recently acquired some new main speakers for some stuff we're doing and. I already have quite a bit of speakers, so uh, you know most people looking at me like, "Really, any more speakers?" I'm like, "Well, kinda," because there's circumstances. But with that said, what's funny is it looks like I'm impatient and impulsive on this right. because what I've done is I've been sitting back researching these speakers quietly to myself for a long, long time, yep. and once I've pulled the trigger, and this was my sales guy that I work with, I said. You have to understand, when I call you and say that I want these, uh, go ahead and order them, I want them three days ago. Yeah. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so like, you can't move, because literally I was outside the, the delivery spot in my car yesterday waiting for about an hour and a half because I was kind of on that side of town. I'm like, I'm, I'm waiting I'm until waiting these things it. get delivered. Well, I mean, and you look at this equipment sure. that we're sitting with. Um, the people that I worked with before thought I was impulsive, was an impulsive buyer. Mm -hmm. But I researched it, just like you just yeah, said. Yeah, sure. I researched these booms, these right. mic stands. I right. researched them. I sat on the idea for weeks. Right. And that's just it. People don't know. And, but this comes right back to what we're talking about with Scripture. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of omission in what we're doing in yeah. our mind, right? Yeah. From, from the outside observer, there's a lot of omission. And, and again... You know, to that point, I've always said when we read scripture, we have to understand, especially the letters from Paul, it's like listening to someone's phone conversation and only hearing their side. Yeah. Because that's all we're hearing. Yes. And yes, of course, Paul gives us a, a reasonable amount of context. Yes. However, not remotely all of it, because how could, why would he? He yeah. wasn't writing the Bible. Paul was writing a letter dealing with specific issues of those churches yep. that that the context, why would he need to deliver the context in that letter to people who already know the context? Right. Right? So we had to figure out the context based on other people's writings, based on history, and based on the clues that he's given us in the scripture itself. And so, you know, t that's the danger again of trying to form some concept and idea by, by something that wasn't said or wasn't done. Take the phrase... I die daily. I die daily. Okay. How many people have applied that to their Christian life? That I must die daily and Christ must become more. Yeah, I mean... And, and I, that is so out of context. Right. That, but I, I've, I've sat in counseling sessions where the guy thought he was going to impress me by saying, you know, I have to die daily. Yeah, man, see, this is the thing. This is one of the things I, I really think is wrong with Christianity in general. 
Um, we have turned Christianity into a series of really great catchphrases. Yes. And and the thing is, I agree and disagree with I Die Daily because of context. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's where I agree with I Die Daily. I Die Daily because every day I choose not to follow a, a sensual desire, whatever that is, whether that's going to... I mean, anything that... When I say sensual desires, I just mean like humanistic things like I've set my my intentional focus on things of the Lord that to me is setting aside my Jeremy's agenda for the Lord's agenda uh-huh okay well in that context I'm okay with that um, I don't feel righteous because of it <laughs> it's just a choice it's I just make. A choice yeah. <laughs> right we face choices every day exactly um, where I disagree with I Die Daily is kind of what I just said. Like, because I Die Daily, I am now made worthy uh, in the eyes of God. Yeah. No, I, I can't be made worthy. The making worthy of me in the eyes of God has nothing to do with me and everything to do with Christ. I can't improve it. I can't unimprove it. It just is. I can't get more of it. I can't, right, right. I can't, I can't receive less of it. Exactly. It's, and so it's a package. When we, and this is what's so dangerous to me about these catchphrases, which are born out of. Uh, speakers, you know, coming up with a really good alliteration, you yeah. know, um, and things that rhyme. Okay, it's cool, you know. I, it's like, oh, like I said that we're entertained by that. Yeah. Um, but but the concepts can be damaging. But this is again, this is why Christianity is such a personal thing. It, for me to to project my convictions upon others is dangerous, and I mean it just like what I said. Project my convictions. It doesn't mean I can't share them. It means like I have certain convictions that over that maybe you don't have. I don't. I can't think of any. But I'm just saying, like like drinking. I have zero problems with drinking. I think a person can overdo getting sure. drinking and get drunk, and I think that that is uh, sinful. I think it's sinful by scripture. It's missing the mark. Okay, we have to feel like we have to define freaking everything because it's been hijacked by the Christian church. Right, but. But bottom line is, is that I don't need to project that upon you. You may have no problem with getting drunk all the time. <laughs> I like that I'm saying this right now. So <laughs> I like that I'm using you as an example in all this. But but you see what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I don't get drunk. All he doesn't get drunk all the time. It's just funny to me. Anyway, so but I'm saying like I don't need to project that on you. But if you ask me, do you think this is bad for me? I say, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's bad for me. So probably it's bad for you. But the only time I'm going to talk to you about something like that because we're friends is out of love and out of care. Sure. But what we do in... in okay. But yeah, if ahead. you came to my house and I'm... I did. It's not even a hypothetical. <laughs> when you... Well, if at another time. <laughs> okay. another okay, time gotcha. you come to my house and I'm laying on the floor drunk. <laughs> right. And I have peed myself and it's... <laughs> and you go... Rick. I think you have a problem. <laughs> I think you have a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would absolutely do that. And you because you love me, right. you would say, You need to you need really to get help with this. Well, right. And and here's the funny thing. I wouldn't be throwing scripture at you. No. I'd be throwing you at you. <laughs> I would take a picture. When you sobered up, I'd show you. Yeah. And say, Is there anything about this you're cool with? <laughs> pretty normal to me. <laughs> you're looking at it going. I feel really relaxed. Like that that's about the only positive I can take from this. So, yes, for to me for me to have a drink, I have no problem mm-hmm. with that. Matter of fact, I was just recently introduced to tonic and vodka. 
Oh yeah. With lime. Vodka tonic, sure. And uh, it's like drinking a hard limeade. You, yeah, it's good. And it? <laughs> I my drink for the longest time was uh, gin and tonic with cranberry. Yeah. And I mean, whoo, yeah. I love that. You got to be careful. And vodka scares me because every out of control, <laughs> divorced, jobless alcoholic I've known drinks vodka. And all of those uh, adjectives are not things you want to be a part of, no, right? Okay. Because no. <laughs> if it was the formula, I mean, that, that could be something people are looking for. It's like, oh, that's how you get there. Vodka. I had no idea. No, I don't. It's still, so that particular alcohol scares me because I've seen so many people destroyed by it. Yeah, Pennsylvania Dutch eggnog. Now that should scare you. These holiday times, it's good stuff. It's a blend of brandy and rum and uh, whiskey and eggnog. And even if you don't like eggnog, it's really good. It sounds like a drink right out of heaven. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, like literally we buy, like we look like freaks because it's available seasonally. Yeah. So as soon as it comes, we like buy eight bottles of this and big ones too. Um, because you, you can store them for a long time, but you, once you open them, you have to refrigerate it. I'm not editing this out. That's fine. This, I don't, is, that's this, fine. Is, this is Jeremy and me being real. I'm not even sponsoring it uh, or like, you know, endorsing well, it. Well, Street Grace is sponsoring Well, I, no, I mean, that's true. But I'm saying, uh, I like, what I'm saying is I'm not getting paid <laughs> to endorse the product. Yeah, you're getting... <laughs> but I endorse the product. That's, that's good. Within moderation, of course. Gotcha. Okay, I want to go back to... Um, Omission, um, omitting the context. Mm, mm -hmm. That, gosh, that's so dangerous. And it happens so often. Yeah, it does. Uh, in fairness, I think it's hard for people to grab the context. I mean, I've been uh, in ministry at a full-time capacity. I started when I was 19. I'm 47. And um, I, I don't... I feel like I, I know 1% of 1% <laughs> yeah. of, of really scripture. Um, but, I, but I think what's, so, so like, here, here's the deal. No, I, I wouldn't expect anybody to off the cuff know context. What I would expect is an earnest effort to discover context if you're going to propagate a belief system right. that you've discovered, right? I spend a lot of time with this because... Most of the stuff that I've quote unquote discovered, I would say uh, is heretical. I mean, by most people's Christian standard, they would look at me and say, well, he's a heretic. He doesn't even believe in Jesus, which is obviously not true. Not but, true. Yeah. Um, but because, you know, people, I, I think a lot of Christians um, have taken scripture, and I know we've talked about this before, I don't know what context, again, talking about context. They've elevated scripture to the point of deity. Right. And and so they've it's like the Father, Son, and the Holy Bible, and that's not what it is. So so anytime that uh, I speak a little too flippantly for their liking about scripture, I mean, even where I just laid out a few minutes ago about yeah. um, Peter, right? Like that would scare people because I'm like, well, but it's in the Bible. I'm like, yeah. no, I, I know I'm quoting the Bible. Yeah. I'm not taking it, I'm not saying it's not. What's not in the Bible there in that whole passage was whether that's judged good or bad. Yeah. It doesn't say good or bad. It says, here's what happened. Here's what happened. And so um, so that's that's kind of... The but thing. when you get it into the context and you see the response of the sorcerer, mm -hmm. then that, that gives you an idea of, well, maybe Peter flew off the handle a little bit here. Right. Yeah. Especially because of the contrition in his heart, man. Yeah. There's no question. And it was it was 
he was condemning this guy for asking a question. Right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. what he was doing. Exactly. And, and you know, obviously, I, I would say that, you know, again, that's what, for me, now that drives discovering the context. Yeah. That's when I'm like, oh, well, they were in Samaria. And then I'm like, oh, that's right. You know, it's like you start putting these pieces together and go, well, dude, Peter was a Jew and he's with the Samaritans. He's he's triggered right now. He's, he's triggered right he's now. He's ready to go. He does he already doesn't like he these people. He already doesn't like them any and they just traveled. They could have had jet lag. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh-oh. I mean, they were coming in from Jerusalem. Probably maybe donkey lag. Donkey lag. Yeah. I mean, you got to know it it wasn't comfortable on their hindquarters. <laughs> no, but, right. you know, I was going to make an ass joke there. But <laughs> I'm glad. You're a tower of restraint. <laughs> <laughs> I did my best. Um, um, so, so that's the whole thing. Like you, when, you, when you start discovering the context, because the first thing you have to ask, and this is what happened with me, and of course it happens really quick in my mind yes. when we're talking, but what happens with me is, man, Peter sure flew off the handle there. <laughs> and then I think... Well, why did Peter fly off the handle? Like, did he fly off the handle? Is this right? And so I asked that question. And of course, my, my default setting is Peter's perfect. It's, I know academically he's not. But it is my default setting. So, so that's when I recognize those things that are out of character. And then you start going, okay, well, obviously he's not perfect. I mean, we, we see tons of areas where he's not perfect. Not to mention he's just a man. Yeah. Well, we're saddled with the, inherent, the inerrancy of Scripture. Right. We are saddled with that. Yeah. I'm not. Well, but people are. People are. Yeah. Right. And, I, and and again, that's the I, deification. I, I have con- it causes conflict for me when I see something or read something that goes, this doesn't make sense. Right. See, this is the thing. If you take out, again, for those listening, there's probably going to be people like, oh, turning it off right now. Yeah. <laughs> don't turn it off. Just, just listen no, to this. Please don't turn it off. Just, just listen to this one part. Turn on your brain. So I'm not saying scripture is full of error or has one ounce of error. I'm not going to say that right yeah. now. What I'm going to say is, what if you didn't care one way or the other? What if you just said, it doesn't matter if scripture has error or not? Because the first question I would ask is, does it matter? I mean, does it matter if scripture has inconsistencies in it? Um, it does if you've built your doctrine yes. and your faith yes. off of scripture because now scripture is your God. Yeah. But if God is your God... If the Father is your God that we have access to through Christ, well, then Scripture being with or without error is of non-relevance. Yes, it's And now what is amazing that what happens is what Jesus said about Scripture himself. And keep in mind, here's some things historical people, uh, historical facts people don't know. When Jesus was teaching in the temple, Psalms and Proverbs were not yet canonized. They weren't considered Scripture necessarily across the board. Yeah. We think it's all there, right? Yeah, and we, we always there. say this, Jesus had the, whole, the Old Testament. Well, no, Jesus had the first five books of the Bible, the, the, the Pentateuch, I think it's Pentateuch, called. Pentateuch, yes. So he had the first five books of the Bible with certainty. He had the prophets. But there were many things that came into to biblical canon after the fact. Exactly. And so to sit there and, and say, well, Jesus was 100% behind this stuff. Well, no, actually, he wasn't. He maybe isn't 100% against it either. It just isn't relevant. Yeah. But then again, we can't take something like Scripture and say, well, this is elevated to the position of God because we've called it God's Word for so long. The Bible doesn't call it God's Word. The Bible calls God's Word Jesus. Yeah. Like That's the name for Jesus in John 1. So it's obviously not referring to itself. So, so when we recognize that it, it doesn't now matter 
if it has error or not. Now we're free to read that scripture and do exactly what scripture says it's good for, which is for growth, for reproof, for, for that kind of thing, for instruction. Okay, now let's take that. Now when I see something like this, do I get growth and instruction out of reading what happened with Peter and Simon? Yes, yes. tremendously. And it's different than what I would have to take if I had the preconceived notion that all this stuff was, was it, you know, flawless. It releases us from the responsibility of protecting what we think is sacred. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Never our job in the first place. It's never our job in the first place. No, and that's the thing. I, I would just challenge anybody, man, because here's the funny thing. What people say about me all the time, and it, it, it would frustrate me if I cared. I guess I just don't is that Jeremy, this is what I hear, Jeremy doesn't believe in the Bible. And, and here's why I find it so ironic. The people who will say that, the messages, if you go, like the pastors especially, when they go and they preach their messages, they preach how to have a successful marriage, how to, a uh, bunch of how-tos, okay? Um, when you get with me on something, like the stuff that I'm producing on our, out of our ministry, it's a hundred percent scripture. <laughs> we went through the book of John, yes, and we've been, we're now going through the book of Acts, and we have discussions over passages. And we actually did our shortest passage um, it released to today. Actually, mm-hmm. um, we covered um, Acts chapter eight, one, two, and three verses one, two, and three. We normally cover about half of a chapter, um, but there was so much wrapped up in just those three. I'm like, man, we can. We can really pontificate, if yep. you will, for 30 minutes on that. But the whole point, the point is, is that no, in no way do I not believe in the Bible. I believe the Bible is exactly what it is. And Jesus called it scripture. scripture. That's why I call it scripture. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's not, and it is the Bible. That's, that's fine to call it that too. Um, yeah.